0: Does everybody know what time it is?
1: Tumblr time!
0: That's right,
2: and here are your hosts, Jeff, my name is Jeff Moss, Handsome Tim Coleman, and Tyler the Lockman Thomas. Today on the podcast by locksmiths for the locksmiths, these guys will talk about machines, their tools, and power. This is The Three Tumblrs. When it comes to tools, every locksmith has their preferences, their needs, and maybe something to cap it all off. Or you just need more power. Arr, 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 arr. Tools actually are the lifeblood of our trade. I'm going to start off with pinning blocks because I'm not a normal locksmith. I don't get to do all the fun stuff that Tim does and Jeff sometimes. I'm just focused on cylinders and cores. So, pinning blocks as expensive as they may be, are amazing. They hold the cylinder. They hold the core when you pin it. When you cap it, they help keep things organized. Jeff, you're in the shop a lot more than Tim, and you do a lot of what we do. Do you use any pinning blocks when pinning up or or staking some sort of cap on a core or cylinder? Oh, yeah, all the time. Not for pinning necessarily,
0: but always for capping a lot. The press we have is old and it's not great to use. So I pretty much just cap everything manually. Um, we also have one of the heavy blocks for staking, uh, top strips for peaks and Medico and stuff, but yeah, I, and then also the dumping block, that's probably my favorite tool. Uh, the ones that came from clear star for dumping out, because we are always rekeying, uh, IC and it's a great tool to have.
2: Yeah. Okay. I, who makes that one? Is that the A1 one? Well, it it was a an, a copy
0: of the aluminum one uh, of the A1 that was somebody on ClearStar, your buddy had made out of aluminum, mm. but it looks exactly like it. Uh, it's great. I have other a couple capping blocks here if I need to pin up a core, uh, but for the most part, you know I don't use it if I'm just I, and I don't think you do either. You you don't pin the core in the block. You hold the core in one hand and put the pins in with your other. But for capping it, certainly, I mean, there's really no other. Either you use a
1: press or you use a block. It's a very important tool to have.
2: Tim, you have every tool down there in South Carolina. Do y'all have any of the capping or pinning blocks?
1: I don't know what the hell they have in South Carolina because I'm in North Carolina. But yeah, we do have a lot of uh, lot of tools, and we do have uh, capping blocks like the little, you know, best A2 style and that's how i actually capped a lot of you know ic's when i would pin them to start with just manually and take the little capping punch and hammer and all that good shit and put it in there because i was doing one chamber at a time until i got used to it but now we've got a a lab capping press uh but as far as um which i think that's gonna be talked about next but uh As far as pinning blocks, i hold the cylinder in one hand and grab pins with the other and put them in that way. Simple.
2: Did I say South Carolina?
1: Yes, you did. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant North Carolina. I'm north of the border. Thank you.
2: (laughs) Well, that brings us to our second point, capping presses. Tim just admitted he has a capping press and uses one. Jeff, do y'all have one up there in Cleveland? Uh, If you were listening two minutes ago, yes, we have one, but I don't like it. Uh...
0: We have the A1 press that has, uh, it's pretty old. It has a 140 and a 150. Uh, you have to swap them out. So if you're doing peaks, you have the 140 capper. And if you're doing everything else, you have the 150. Uh, but typically, you know, I just cap them by hand.
2: Uh, So is that the red one or the green one that you have? N- neither. It's really old. It's
0: black. Oh. The red one is the one that best sells that is made by somebody else. The green one is the cap saver, which you have,
2: I believe. So does yours use the strips or individual caps?
0: Like I said, it's old. It just uses individual caps. Okay. I'll get you a picture. It's beat up. It's, I think it was the cap. I don't even remember what they called it. It was like the, I don't know.
2: I'm, yeah, I, I need help comprehending because I'm misplacing South Carolina, North Carolina and not listening to two minutes ago. Gentlemen, as far as key origination, Tim, what do y'all use mainly in the shop? What machine?
1: Uh, well, the, the main thing that we use on a regular basis that we have both in the shop and on the trucks for Schlag and Quickset, we have the ProLock blue punches. I love those things. They're awesome. Uh, we only have one punch for A2 right now. Uh, and and my boss is on the lookout for some more. They're they're like 1200 bucks a piece, you know, brand new. So if you can get one that's in good shape for a little bit less than that, that's awesome. But yeah, we have that for uh, you know, Quick Set. We have a key mark one. I've never tried it, but I want to. Then from that we have, you know, of course the 1200 blitz that we just can swap out cutters and cards and everything. Then we have a 1200 blitz that we keep normally dedicated for sergeant. But just the other day, we were doing a bunch of keys for an emergency rekey for a corporate customer of ours. And we pinned up some test cylinders and all the keys that I cut on the blitz were rubbing really, really badly. And I cut it dead on. Uh, We put them on one of our uh, LKP laser key products machines that we normally use for engraving and cut the key on it. And that key was so smooth, you could literally put it in the cylinder, flick it with your finger, and it would spin almost an entire turn. That's how smooth it was. Uh, So we use those. Uh, We've got a HPC Quicksilver that is kind of cantankerous sometimes. And a couple other LKP machines. Oh, and and for Medeco, we have the original Medeco machine, which is loud and noisy. And whenever it's going, nobody else can hear what the hell's going on in the shop.
0: I think I need one of that for one of those machines for when people are on their phone uh up front on speaker. We just need a machine like that. So can you record can somebody just record me that sound and I can push a button and just blare out people when they
2: won't get off the phone because that would be awesome. Tim, Tim, what did you describe the sound as?
1: A uh, vacuum cleaner giving a blowjob to a blender.
2: There you go. Jeff, what do you so, use up there in Cleveland?
1: So, uh, so we have two
0: blitzes, one 1200 that's dedicated for Sergeant and Corbin. Uh, we have a blue punch for A2 and we have a frame KX1 that's dedicated for Peaks. We do not have a high security originator. We have two High security duplicators. Uh, we have our old Bitkey machine, and then uh, just a the regular duplicator, uh, Bravo Three, tubular duplicator, and code cutter as
1: well. Yes, I would like to mention we we have an Ilco or is it Ilco or Silca T10 crown machine for uh, tubular keys, mm-hmm. so you can duplicate or originate.
2: Well, if you're watching this on YouTube. If you go to this very channel, there is a video called the uh, Cutting Room Tour, which is our cutting room at the shop here in Atlanta. Uh, majority of that is ITL, which I love, 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 love. But it does uh, a majority of our medico stuff, high security. But I just got notification that uh, Rytan, uh I had to make six custom punches for us for our various Medeco keyways. Uh, and that should be shipping pretty soon. So I I'm with you there, Tim. Uh, I don't like the pro lock, the blue ones, but more power to you. If you do like them, I prefer the dial and that's what right hand makes and that's what they're making for me. So that's, that's going to be hopefully our bread and butter coming up. But well, t- Tim always says that I want to, I should record these, um, tidbits of information, but I never think of them, but that just reminded me of one thing. A lot of people don't realize that the old best, uh, punches, over time, they do get harder to use, but that's because there's a die in there that cuts the key. It wears down over time, but that die is four-sided.
0: Yep, you're supposed so, to re- rotate it.
2: Yep, you can rotate it 90 degrees. So you get a million out of one side, and it starts going bad after 20, 30 years. Rotate another. You got another 20, 30 years out of it. Yeah, so. but no,
0: And nobody's going to count how many keys they're making, but...
2: Well, I know, but it, it starts getting bad, and you're like, "Oh shit, I got to get a new one." No, you don't. You just got to rotate that die ninety degrees.
1: Well, and that's one thing with the blue punches. It, what Jason was showing me the other day is that you can actually take the take like some cover screws off of it and calibrate it, recalibrate it for the slide. So if you notice that your slide's cutting, you know, off more and more or whatever, you can take the cover off and it, he explained the whole thing. I, I didn't actually do it, but you can recalibrate those. So if your slide's off, you can recalibrate it and it'll punch out as new. And and I'm telling you guys, it, when I'm doing a rekey job or something and somebody says, yes, I want 15 keys for my house, and I only rekeyed like five cylinders, uh, it, which happens, then I can sit there and cut out 15 keys in a third of the time. Or, or even less than it takes me to do them on the HPC.
0: Oh, for sure. And I yeah. wish we had a blue punch for Schling, but we don't.
2: I, I just thought of another tidbit. Uh, with punches, you never have to worry about the spacing. It's always set by the carriage. So you really only ever have to adjust the depths. So another reason that punches are superior.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I when I first kind of got into all this i was thinking you know oh i need a, a 1200 blitz you know everything now i'm thinking if i had that to do over again and i think we'll talk about this in a future episode but if i had it to do over again and like go out on my own and start from scratch i would buy the 1200 punch instead of the powered machine definitely
2: any yeah. other final points gentlemen all right well There are so many tools out there that can make your jobs go faster. And since time is money, that's a great thing. But sometimes you just need more power.
1: If you ask my boss what I suck at the most... When it comes to work, he's going to tell you that I can't read fractions for shit. Fortunately, he had a lot of boneheaded assistants who can't measure before I came along. That's why he has a jig for just about everything, even specialty tools. Sometimes, though, you just need more power to get through a job. Jigs and specialty tools can make all the difference in the world, guys. I mean, if you're installing anything on a door with any sort of regularity, whether it's a CO100 lock or Timberline furniture locks, uh, you know, you need you need something that's there for that specialty. I don't know if you guys have ever installed, done like a fresh install of Timberline stuff, but you need that specific 19 millimeter Forstner bit to make the make the right diameter hole so it looks right. Even though they do have the little bezels that you can put in there, you know, if you're doing a fresh install, do it right, make it look good. Jeff, what what kind of specialty tools or jigs do you use like in the shop or or do you?
0: I, I, none really, but I will say that um it's there's a couple older school tools for automotive as far as like putting face caps on and holding GM locks to stake the sidebar, uh, you know, little things that makes the job a lot easier. Um, we have a very old Trilogy jig that was actually made by A1 back when they were in Virginia, probably 30 years old, it's all worn out. Uh, there's another aluminum jig that had been sitting on a shelf for years That's doesn't clamp onto the door, but it fits into the two and an eighth inch bore so that you can drill a couple of the other holes for the Trilogy. So that's been used more lately. Other than that, you know, some of the guys just freehand, you know, sometimes, you know, it depends. One of the couple of guys have the older red quickset jigs that work really well. Even if the handles come off, you use a pair of ice grips. We did a job where we had to put some lorry deadbolts on the bottom of a door and that thing worked great. You know, it just, uh, you know, I don't have to drill things too often. So I do have my own, just a basic DeWalt deadbolt install jig. Sharp drill bits are more important, I think than a jig
1: (laughs) oh yeah yeah drill drill bits are are amazing tyler when when you were out in the field doing stuff what was like probably the most useful jig that you had uh
2: i'm gonna mess up the number but i think it's the hit 111 is that it jeff the uh, sounds right yeah, it's the uh for the through bolts on cylindrical lever sets, either 12 and six. I can't, yep. admit. you know what I'm talking about
1: 12 and six, uh, 12, six, nine, and three. And then, um, it had the two, it has, yeah. I've, I've got one on the truck, yeah,
2: yeah, for the Corbin Russell's ones, yeah, uh, that we still have one, we have two actually. We wore the other ones out before they made the model with the replacing uh, replacement bushings. Um, But believe it or not, we still do use jigs. We've got a bunch from Major. We've got one for Simplex, one for Trilogy, one for, uh, what do they call it? Uh, Used to be Arrow Revolution, which is now the Yale Next Touch. And then we've bought into the Hit 45 series, which are mortise lock, uh, as far as all the auxiliary holes, cylinder holes, trim holes, all of that. We've got one for Schlage. We've got one for Sargent. We've got a big job coming up that almost will cover the cost of a Carbon russwin ML2000 series template. It's it's mm. two-sided. So we're kind of growing that as we need it. But most in Georgia, it's, it's Schlage and Sargent. But when I was on the road, it was that hit 111. But now the, the uh, hit, uh, hit 45 is, is the big one. I love that thing.
1: Yeah, we've got uh jigs from both uh Prolock and Major Manufacturing. Like the uh you know, for alarm lock, we don't do a lot of new alarm lock installs a- unless if the customer specifically requests it. We're more of a Schlage CO100 type shop and we've got two jigs for the CO100. We've got one for uh cylindrical and we've got the one for mortise body installation. Um, one day we will talk about the CO100, but I love it. I love installing them. And I can do a fresh install on a slab door in less than 45 minutes with those jigs. Uh, another thing that we, we have that's just kind of kind of handy to have is one of our major access control systems that we sell is Salto. And on the Neo cylinders you you need a special tool to remove the cover to access the batteries you can do it without that but you have to remove the cylinder from the door but the battery case removal tool is designed so that you don't have to remove that entire cylinder from the hardware you just slip the tool in behind there twist it and pull the cover off and it is is really really cool saves a lot of time also in our shop we have the full Adam's Wright install jig so you can do anything from a a fresh complete install on Adam's Wright to just adding the post holes for if you're going to convert uh an Adam's Wright deadbolt to a uh paddle operator it's just really really awesome Tyler
2: uh, well you 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 were bitching about the sound of a uh medical machine uh using a router on aluminum sounds like a thousand <laughs> times worse
1: it does it does we we've done that like two or three times i think and uh yeah it's is horrible painful yeah, I,
0: i've never seen that used we had the kit at the other place i worked and i guess I know that SecLock used to sell them their own templates and router back in the day, but I've never seen it done.
1: Yeah, it, like I said, it's most funny. of the time
0: guys are just cutting them in with, you know, a saw or a Dremel or whatever.
1: I Honestly, I would never do any fresh install without a jig. I mean, I have for exit devices and stuff, but anything precise like that, like Adam's right, I... I just don't trust myself to do it without a jig because then everything's aligned and it comes out at the very least, you can fudge it out to make it look like it came that way from the factory.
0: Yeah. Uh, Can I say, I want to say something about, uh, about installation, something that I, that I know I've, I haven't experienced it, but I've read about it. Um, And maybe we could talk about it on another issue another episode is um, I see a lot of the contract hardware type companies do pre-installation where they, you buy the doors, they've already do the hardware schedule. They mount everything to the door. So when and put it on a pallet, ship it to the job site. So it's ready to be installed. And I guess I'm just curious if anybody had ever dealt with that, seen that, you know, I guess if their guys are installing it, you know, it's easier for them. If you're the ones, you know, you know, we don't get to do much fresh installation stuff. So it's just, you know, it seems like that would be great for a school that's being built or something.
1: We actually Mm -hmm. do direct door replacement. So we have, uh, you know, we have done that before and we have specified installation, like what hardware we're going to do on that door. So we do the measurements and then we say, okay, we're, we want this door prepped for a CO 100. And then when it gets there, when we go pick it up from, from the distributor and take it to the place, we hang it. And we literally just through bolt the lock onto the door and we're done with it. Uh, That has happened once because the other like three or four times we could have done that. We, we kind of forgot. And so we had to, Doing an install on a slab door, but uh, we made it work and it looked good. But yes, having it pre prepped from the door manufacturer is very, very nice, very convenient. All right, so the next thing is it, it sounds really simple, like too simple, but having a tool bag I mean, having a bag of your most common tools. That you can just grab out of the truck and take with you on any residential, commercial, access control, or safe job. You know, whatever your scope of work is, you have all your tools that you need for that. Tyler, when when you were on the road, did did you have a tool bag or did you do like uh, somebody I know and, and may or may not work with and just kind of put all your tools that you thought you would need for the job in your pockets?
0: <laughs> that sounds like my coworkers.
1: I had a a
2: rolling tub- tool bag. And now I'm thinking of, again, uh, another tid- boy, uh, tid- tidbit. Tid- uh, anyways, when you get a Home Depot Husky brand, uh, the bags that are red are considered residential grade. The black are considered commercial grade. So I had a black Husky rolling tool bag that was amazing. Kind of looked dorky going to job sites with it, but it worked great. Now we need less tools. We're using the Klein backpacks, which are amazing. Shout out to my favorite.
1: <laughs> I We have some backpacks. Like We actually have a... I can't remember if it's Klein or one of the other manufacturers, but it is one of those backpacks that's designed to carry your tools into a job site. I, I thought that it would be okay, but then... I looked at it and I'm like that's going to be a lot of shit to to haul in to a job, especially for residential. Maybe for commercial is okay, but for commercial, I we have collapsible carts. I've got one in my truck and you just pull it out, fold it out. I can hang my tool bag on there, throw my my drill, my impact driver, any jigs that I might need, parts that I might need. I can even take my four foot ladder and set it on top and roll the entire assembly inside. Uh, Jeff, I know you're in the shop, but you know, most of the time, but do you have like a small collection of tools that are your go-to tools that you keep on hand all together?
0: Yeah. So I have a Klein bag. That's sort of like, uh, it's sort of like a bucket. And I keep all my, to- I pretty much leave my tools at work all week, I just take them home on the weekend. And I have a small leather organizer that holds pliers and small picks and screwdrivers. And then I have um, a benchtop organizer I'll send a picture of that actually holds, that stays at work that holds like the rekeying stuff that I literally use every five minutes, followers, a sharpie, bunch of screwdrivers, tweezers, that kind of stuff. Um and I've sort of modified the setup over the years and I've got, uh, you know, if money was no object and I was in the field, I would say Milwaukee pack out and, you know, have a giant rolling tool chest with everything that goes together. And, you know, I have uh, several of the pack out organizers that I use for different things. I have one on my bench for all the other small tools and, you know, just stuff that I don't use every day, like, you know, setup keys and punches and, you know, uh, and die stuff, drill bits, things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the stuff that I really use is right next to me pretty much. I mean, you could just take a coffee cup and put it all in there <laughs> if you needed to.
1: Well, I'll I'll give everybody a hint as to what I keep in my tool bag. Drill bits, you know, a drill bit kit, a shrum tool, eight in one screwdriver, quarter 20 tap, a Rhodes tool, a set of standard Allen wrenches, some small screwdrivers, a hinge doctor, and a whole bunch of other shit in there. But you know, is is kind of a wide range because we do everything. We don't do just commercial or just residential. Uh, I don't touch automotive, so I don't have any of those tools with me. But yeah, definitely not having to throw everything into your pockets as you walk into the job is, is a big, strong point. I do have a little like AWP pouch that if I'm going on a residential job and as a larger house, I'll throw uh, my screwdriver, Shrum tool and a set of uh, Allen's in there in case if they've got Baldwin hardware, or some shit like that. And uh, just throw all the cylinders in there. Sometimes though, like the regular tools that you have just literally don't cut it. And you have to upgrade while you're on the job. I will never forget the one time that I, I was doing this job for like, I don't know, maybe two months. And we were on an access control install job. And we had to run wire to the electric strike through a, a cinder block wall. And it was concrete filled and the door frame was concrete filled. And we had the Milwaukee cordless drill, uh, which I I do have to say before starting where I work now, I was more partial to DeWalt. I still like DeWalt, but I also really like Milwaukee because that's all we have. Uh, But anyway, we were using the Milwaukee drill and doing the hammer drill thing. And we wound up breaking the drill. And so we just took a lunch break, went to Lowe's and grabbed a Bosch actual big corded hammer drill from Bosch. And that thing stays in my truck because I'm the one who does all the safe bolt downs and everything for installs. But there are times that you just your tools that are great for everything just don't work anymore or for that job or you break them on the job. Uh, Jeff, what are do you have an example of when something that normally works just doesn't, and you you need to go with something that that has more power?
0: I mean, I would say the drill. Like, I've got a Dewalt drill at home, and it's okay. But when I upgraded to a DeWa- uh, Milwaukee, it's you know night and day. I don't have to charge the batteries. The thing just works like butter. You spend a little bit more, but it's, it lasts longer. And I would, I mean, I'm going to talk more about this in my next one, in my block. But you know, there's some times you just need a tool to finish the job. You know, like key machines. I mean, you want to buy good stuff that's going to make the best possible keys. Um, you know, you don't want to shortchange yourself for a few. You know, if it's a a small price difference, get the right thing. You know, that's my opinion.
1: Yep. Tyler, what's the most expensive tool that you have ever had to buy on the fly? I don't right know. I, I remember one. Uh,
2: I mean, the only thing that comes to mind, I remember one time I was out to survey something and I needed to get into something that I didn't have on hand. I had to go to a Kroger in the same parking lot and buy a four ninety nine screwdriver. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> you, you Actually, didn't no, have. You didn't I, have a fucking screwdriver with you? I take that back. I remember now. I was at a bank job years and years ago, and uh, they thought it was a lock culprit. What it ended up being is that the closer the uh, uh, the latch speed was not fast enough for the door to latch. But there was fortunately an auto parts store nearby, and I had to go get a brand new set of Allen wrenches. And they are now in our pinning room. <laughs> so uh, to answer your question, thirty ninety nine, something like that. <laughs>
1: I think the Bosch hammer drill cost us like, well, cost cost my boss like three, three or four hundred dollars, something like that, plus all the drill bits and everything. But, uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes you just have to go and there it is. That's I, it.
2: That's a, that's the screwdriver I had to buy for four ninety nine at Kroger.
1: And how many years ago was that? Uh, six, six. Okay, the screwdriver that's in my tool bag. Remind me, guys, Monday, and I will take a picture, and we can post it to the official Three Tumbers Pod Twitter account so everybody can see it. The screwdriver that is in my tool bag is a year and a half old. Bought brand new, put in my tool bag. I didn't like it when I first got it, and it, I'll send you a picture, and everybody can all, – all of our two listeners can uh, – can say how badly it needs to be replaced now. All right, so is there anything about anything else that, that y'all want to say about having tools that make the job just go faster or that you need to have on hand or, or literally carry your tools to the job?
0: A cart. You cannot, I cannot overstate the having of a small cart.
1: Yes, I will agree with you. Uh, my cart has so many miles on it. I have to Houdini the wheels like every two weeks or so.
2: Yeah. You know, another good thing about those carts is that they're normally plastics. That means you can run a screw through. So depending if you need a six foot or a four foot ladder, you've got uh, improvised hangers if you just run screws through. Damn, I'm full of all kinds of these little tidbits today. I should be recording these.
1: You should be. And and then I can put them in the commercial break since we don't have any commercials. Uh, yeah, our carts, like my, my one coworker, she, she doesn't have a cart on her truck. And she was, when we were on the, the job the other day, she was using my bosses and it's like, she was kind of timid and, and we were both like, look, this is how you pull it. This is how you load it. And she's like, oh, and then she's like, wow, this is so much easier. And we're like, yeah, you know? I've been doing this for 20 months and I could not imagine myself even going into a commercial job without my cart. All right, guys. So I'm like, y'all, I really wish that Sears was still around and I could actually buy a Benford 6,100 something there. Up next, after Jeff changes his flannel shirt, he's going to talk about shop tools and why you should buy the top shelf stuff after this.
0: Are you on the rag? Do you need one? Or did the other guy just use the last one? And why do we keep running out of lube? No one really thinks about tools that are eaten up during the course of work, like broken Shrum tools, Or wait, did you just buy generic traveler's hooks? Eventually, all tools are consumables, but I want to talk about things that we use and break every day. So the stuff that is used all the time, you know, rags, Houdini, you know, that stuff costs money. You know, if you go get your car worked on, there's always some line for shop supplies, which they don't itemize, but, you know, you know, you're getting charged for brake cleaner or whatever else, towels and things like that. Um, you know, we buy Houdini by the case. We sell it if people need a can. We use it on the shop and in the, you know, uh, in the field. You know, that it's not free. You know, you have to charge something for that. You know, I know Tyler has talked about somebody having a lubrication and cleaning charge. We don't specifically, you know, sometimes we'll just say give us five bucks or whatever it is. Tim looks confused. So what are your thoughts? you know if you obviously it's different when you're out in the field cuz you still have to charge to get there you know do you have a line for shop supplies and that sort of
1: stuff or we actually like like we discussed in the pricing episode we itemize everything and clean and lube is one of those items and it's 10 bucks you know if we if we lubricate one cylinder or we lubricate 50 cylinders or or a combination of cylinders, lock bodies, and hinges is ten bucks for the invoice, you know. And and we also have started adding a charge for, like you said, shop supplies. Even out in the field, when we have to use cutting wheels or buffer pads, because cutting wheels for die grinders and and Dremels, they're they're expensive now, and so you have to charge for them,
2: Tyler. No, I, I agree with what both of you say. You have to be compensated for what you're expending. We just raised our prices Friday to reflect that, especially we got a little bit heavy based off of what we discussed in the pricing episode as far as jobs that typically require consumables, fresh installations, for example. You're not always using a brand new drill bit, but you have to factor in that you know every five or 10, it's time to get a new drill bit new hole saw something like that so you have to you have to cover your butts
0: yeah and uh i agree with all that we charge for safe drill bits and things like that that are more expensive um and then you know some tools are better suited to the shop i personally you know provide my own hand tools everybody does and there are some tools in the shop you know stuff that's going to get beat up and modified and you know Maybe you had an extra or you found one on the road. You know, Typically, you're not going to have, you know, unless you're Tyler, you're not going to have snap-on in all your workbenches. Um, I would say the general consensus is you know, I don't like cheap tools, but that's the stuff that stays in the shop. You know, my own stuff is pretty much all American-made, good quality, um, try to take good care of it. So then if somebody does need a screwdriver and they break it, they're not breaking mine. Tim, what do you, you
1: know,
0: you're on, I'm guessing you're not sharing tools very much, but.
1: So the only tools that are mine personally that I bring to work are my pick kit that stays in my pocket no matter what, and has for years is, you know, is changed over the years. And especially since I've became a locksmith started doing this, you know, for the past almost two years now, um, But all the tools, I'm very, very lucky. My boss loves to buy tools, and he will buy tools for everybody and and for everything. He bought a power source uh, tester block where you can take your Milwaukee battery and slide it on there, and you have leads so that you can come off and plug into various electronic components in order to test them. Instead of having to cut jumpers and use your fingers and electrical tape to try to test things. But as far as, you know, tools and and name brands, you know, we have all Milwaukee tools on all the trucks. We have some Makita stuff in the shop, but we have Milwaukee for everything in the field. That way it can be interchanged. Travelers hooks, we use Carolina rollers, not anything off-brand. It's straight up Carolina Roller Shrum Tools. That's what we have. And, you know, we, we generally stick between Lowe's and Home Depot. Uh, some things that you can only get at Lowe's are really good. Some things that you can only get at Home Depot are really good. So, it, it, but we also, like you said, Jeff, we try to stick to made in the USA stuff.
2: Tyler, you pretty
1: much provide everything, right?
2: Yeah, but let me ask you something. I've worked for two companies where the employees provided their own tools and the agreement between the owners, either a small business or when I worked for was that anything that was damaged, destroyed or needed to be replaced was paid for by the company and you kept it. So you go into the job with new tools and you leave five, 10, 20 years after the fact you go out with tools in the same quality. Do you have that sort of agreement with your employer?
0: Yeah, I mean I we provide our stuff and if anything breaks, they replace you know, we get reimbursed for it, you know, within reason. They provide, you know, if we need drill bits, we just go buy a set of drill bits and they pay us back. If I break picks, they'll buy me new ones. I broke a couple the other day. You know, if I break a pair of players or a screwdriver or something, you know, I'll turn in a receipt if I think that you know, if I don't have 12 of them already.
2: <laughs> I, I think that's the best way to to treat employees, uh, especially if you're asking them to provide the tools. They come in fresh, they leave fresh. So if they're going to go somewhere else that requires them to have tools, they've got the best tools already on hand. They're all brand new or pretty new, usable at least. And if not, they at least get to leave with what they brought in, which was a set of tools on their own.
1: Um, I have to say, I I guess... Like I said just a minute ago, my boss is awesome because there was no requirement to bring in any of my own tools. You know, I carry my pick kit with me, but as far as drills or chisels or punches or, or anything, I don't have to have any of it. And if I break one of those things on the job, all I have to do is send him a picture of, you know, hey, look, I fucking broke this shit. Can you believe it? And he's like, online... Five minutes later, ordering a replacement. Yeah. Uh. And, and so that's really cool. There's no out-of-pocket expense for me. Uh. We all have company cards for Lowe's, Home Depot, and we have a company credit card. So we don't ever have to shell out, out of our pockets for anything and wait to get reimbursed. Even if it's the same day, you know, if it's same-day reimbursement, we don't have to do that. We don't have to tie up our own accounts. So that's, that's really, really cool. And I feel fortunate about that.
2: Yeah, I guess it's uh teach their own. You can, you can do it both ways. I've always liked it because I never felt guilty about using any of my tools off hours from the truck to do stuff around the house because it was my tools. Right. But you may have a good relationship like Tim does with his boss where his boss doesn't give a shit, you know, Hey, you know, you're, hanging a new fixture in your house. Uh, of course, I'm not going to bicker about you using the screwdriver or the vice grips or whatever. I mean, it. your mileage may vary, but it's all case by case basis, but I, I can see both sides.
0: Okay. And then my last point, and we sort of talked about this. I don't buy cheap tools. I buy what I can afford good quality. And I know that it's going to last. There are some people that are entirely outfitted by Harbor Freight. I have, I have, one or two things from them that I, you know, if I need something and I know I'm only going to use it once and I don't care if it breaks, uh but I certainly don't shop there often. I don't like pretty much anything that they do, especially with, you know, trying to make brand names very similar to, you know, the actual legit name. I just feel like that's false advertising. Um, you know, if you're in the middle of nowhere and you need a tool and they're the only place around, I guess it's okay, but I just, I always try to buy good stuff and take good care of it. That's just how I've always been taught with tools from a young age. And sounds like you guys are on the same page. You know, I know some shops, oh yeah, we provide everything, but they're all mismatched tools and they're half broken to begin with. And, you know, I would say that the happy medium is where the shop provides the specialty stuff. Like we're not required, you know, we have tubular picks at work. No, none of our guys have their own because you really don't need it. If you need one, you take the one from the shop, mortise cylinder taps and knockout punches for file cabinets and stuff like that. You know, if you need it, you borrow it and bring it back, you know, and I always try to take good care of other people's stuff because there's nothing more that makes me nuts is when somebody borrows my stuff and then I get it back and it's, you know, in worse shape. So that's Just common sense.
1: You have irritated the tool gods. You must now be smeared with the holy grease of disdain.
0: I do have, you know, three of every tool pretty much, but I'm waiting to get some more picks because I broke a bunch of them recently. And, you know, the HPC picks aren't, you know, they're middle of the road and uh, they're fine for what I do. And again, you know, they break. So if you want something that's going to be reasonably price to replace them because you're going to break them again (laughs) you know it's just how it is
2: well i'll say this i I, uh yeah i agree with you we all have our brand preferences uh you know my buddy wayne Winton. you know he's a big milwaukee guy Uh, i like milwaukee for a lot of things but not everything i i like buck brothers uh chisels i still think they're the best and they're the cheapest at home depot they're very easy to keep up with uh vice grips uh you know i you know i don't go with milwaukee Uh, i've got a lot of craftsman tools a lot of snap-on tools but yeah i agree with you i like to find what's best and and buy it i don't care what it costs sometimes i come out ahead sometimes i lose my ass buck brothers for example used to have a six and one uh orange screwdriver at home depot that only cost 299 i love the shit out of that thing i had like 20 of them you know, it it just kind of depends. I, I don't go top of the line for the sake of going top of the line, but if I find what I like and it works, I will pay top of the line.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Tim. I think that, like Tyler was saying, you have to find what's best regardless of the price. And before I started at at the shop I worked for, uh, it was budgetary needs, so. You know, I got the cheapest shit that I could. One thing that I found that's that's pretty amazing is the pick, like the the hook pick that I use by and large the most is the first one I grab out of my kit. Is not like a South Ord or Peterson. I don't have any Peterson picks in my kit. It's not, you know, South Ord or Sparrows. It is a cheap Chinese pick that I got in a kit of 30 picks and 20 tensioners five years ago. And I sanded this pick down with some fine grit sandpaper and it's not bent. It's not broke. It's not done anything. The only thing I did to it was sand it down and put a piece of heat shrink over the handle. And it is literally the best fucking pick that I have. Uh, It doesn't always work, but it works most of the time. That's the first one I go to on the other hand. Uh, nipex pliers are the best I I don't care who you are I've I have four sizes four different sizes of nipex on my truck and I I don't have any of my own personal tool bag yet uh but you know when whenever I get my tax refund or whatever I'll I'm gonna buy some but I love nipex um as far as the brands I like Dewalt or uh, Dewalt for my personal stuff because I already started, you know, buying Dewalt stuff before I used Milwaukee. If I had bought Milwaukee first, it might be a little bit different, but but I like Milwaukee at work. So it it just depends on on what there is. Like I was saying earlier, the the Bosch hammer drill, I, I won't have a different hammer drill when that one finally breaks. I'll look at whoever's signing the checks and say, hey, buy me another one of these. And if they won't, I'll say, okay, I'll quit doing (laughs) safe installs.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I mean, I I like Bosch Bits. I don't have any really of their other tools, but I like certain things that other people are like, hey, this is good. Try it. I'm like, man, this is nice. You know, I'm not going to say that one brand does everything the best because that's not necessarily accurate. So Yeah, I think that, you know, good tools are the most important, you know, besides having your knowledge of how to do the job and having the right parts, you got to have the right tools. Otherwise, you're just setting yourself up for problems.
2: Jeff, uh, you know better than I, or probably Tim, who's, who's the company that makes most of the drills, no matter the platform? Is it HTI? I think it, well, it was TTI. TTI. But I don't know if that's true. That's how it
0: was. You know, they were making Ryobi, DeWalt, all that stuff under, diff, you know, for different brand names.
2: Sure.
1: I do know that Bosch, like one of their main manufacturing plants is literally 10 minutes up the road from me. I know I say that about everything, but it's literally 10 minutes up the street from me for the yeah. uh, main Bosch plant. It's five minutes away from Carolina Roller.
0: Well, we're going to need you to go get us some more Carolina rollers.
1: We've we've got a few.
2: Or Shrum Tools. i tell you what, South Carolina has it really going on.
1: (laughs) I don't know what the hell's in South Carolina, just what's up here in North Carolina. Damn.
0: He's got to give you a hard time. All right, well, I know that none of us are blonde, but you should just imagine us strutting down the catwalk, showing off the latest in spare parts fashion.
2: Pretty much came out of that with only about a dozen spare parts left over. Guys, what are your spare parts? Hefe.
0: Uh, the guy with the 1948 Buick picked up his handle, told him that it couldn't be done. And he's and then after he picked it up, he told us, oh, yeah, it came out of a junkyard. They had to cut it off the car. Well, no wonder the whole thing uh, was rusted inside. Just I wish people would give us the whole story before we messed with something because it was a waste of
2: time, although he did pay us for the keys that we tied. You said
1: 1948? Yeah.
2: Wow. Handsome Tim, how about you?
1: Alright, so in some piece of news that in no way reflects a show that we may or may not have been referencing all of this episode. Tim Allen has announced that he will return as the voice of Woody for Toy Story 5. Uh, Chris Evans gave it a shot in the late year. However, apparently after fans said they, they wanted the return of Tim Allen, the original Tim the Toolman Man Taylor, uh, he will come back. The actor tweeted, see you soon, Woody. You are a sad, strange little man, and you have my pity. And off we go to number five, To Infinity and Beyond. And that is my spare part. My spare
2: part going into this, I started watching Home Improvement again, and it's still damn funny so it's uh, good to... uh, uh. yeah uh-huh. it, it's cool to see that uh, Tim's uh, still thriving he deserves it if y'all have any hate mail or love letters for us bozos write them on the back of a $20 bill and email it to three at gmail.com you can also follow us and tag us on Twitter at the number three tumblers pod I'm your executive producer Tyler J. Thomas. Your technical producer is Jeff. My name is Jeff Moss. The writer and editor, as always, is handsome Tim Coleman. The assistant makeup artist is Gladys Radio. Staff orthopedist is Denise Toit. Our chief legal counsel is Hugh Lewis Dewey of Dewey Cheatham and Howe, otherwise known to the cheap tool store employees as Huey Louie Dewey. Buy good tools.
1: Grab your pick.
2: Bold as the Rockies. This has been a Three Tumblers production. Season one. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved. Find this podcast and others wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, 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 uh. All right, there's four for you.
1: Oh, oh,
2: oh, oh, oh. Come on, Jeff. Hit us with a few. I don't think so, Tim.
1: And cut.